What's up? What's up? What's up? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Natures of Colorado, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and wide variety of products. Remember to use the code DNBR online or mention DNBR in store or in drive through. Have a fun episode today. I was able to catch up with Tyler King of the Denver Gazette. Tyler does a great job of covering all things Colorado college sports, CSU, CU, DU. Dips his toes into a little bit of Nuggets coverage here and there. He is awesome. I've been meaning to have him on the pod for quite some time. I highly recommend you give him a follow, give all of his coverage a follow. Uh, the Gazette in general, really growing, which is cool to, to have a traditional paper, a thriving sports section. We talked about that a little bit at the end. Um, I, I'm not really going to waste any time because Tyler and I were able to talk about uh, what stood out to us about CSU of late. We kind of set the scene for the matchup against San Diego State on Tuesday night. Obviously, a, a really important one for the Rams. If they want to win the Mountain West in the end, you got to be able to steal a few on the road. Before we get to that great conversation with Tyler, I did just briefly want to say congratulations and shout out to McKenna Hofshield. She recently went over 2,000 career points at CSU. Incredible. I also want to say shout out to Jenny Kavnar. Jenny has been named the play-by-play announcer for the Oakland Athletics, Las Vegas Athletics. We'll see where they end up when it's all said and done. Jenny is the first full-time uh, play-by-play commentator for an MLB team that is a woman, which is, I mean, it's it's amazing what she continues to do. She was the first to call a game, I believe. Makes total sense that she will be the first to uh, be full-time. And, you know, she's really worked her ass off over the years. She's been a mentor of mine as a CSU uh, alum, as a fellow Rocky Mountain student media alum. She's always been somebody I've looked up to. And I've been fortunate to get to know her a little bit. It's not like we're BFF or anything like that, but she's always been just nothing but kind to me. She's come on the podcast. She's always great to me when I see her in person. Um, you know, could, could not be a nicer, you know, ally, mentor, however you want to phrase it. She's a badass, and it's just really cool to see her get this opportunity because, frankly, she deserves it. And uh, just another awesome moment in you know, CSU history, essentially. And if you want to be a trailblazer, you know, be a Ram. Look at Jenny, look at, you know, Temple Grandin and, you know, McKenna Hofschild, Becky Hammond. I mean, it really is the place to be. All right, with Empire Today, you get shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and a price match guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So of course they have copycats, but they can't beat Empire on quality, on service, on speed. So what they do is they go ahead and advertise low-quality products that Empire won't even carry. They won't match those prices because they're trying to sell you you know, crap that they wouldn't put in their own home. Empire's philosophy is to help you find what you need, not overwhelm you with thousands of choices and substitutes. Honestly, the stuff they leave out is just as important as what they put in. Their product team exhaustively combs through thousands of product samples each year to find the perfect styles. And with their virtual floor designer, it's a great way to see how they're going to look in any space. You can just snap a picture, boom, you can see how any new floor will look in your room. It's so much more convenient than dealing with those big box stores. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 discount when they use the promo code DNVR. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash DNVR for details. I also want to talk to you guys about Natures of Colorado, the premier dispensary in northeastern Colorado. Check them out for all your needs, including infused edibles, high-potency concentrates, and some of the best flour in the state. 
There are four convenient locations, Log Lane Village, Garden City, Sedgwick, and Millican. They are the go-to Northeastern Colorado Dispo. Save time by ordering online at naturescolorado.com, and you can pick up conveniently at the drive-thru. Don't even have to get out of your car. Remember to use the code DNVR in stores or online to take advantage of their deals. They've got a $99 ounce every day, but if you use the code DNVR, you can get a full ounce of any shelf for $85. Exquisite extracts, two-gram bucket for $15. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. All right, joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast, we've got a special guest, Tyler King of the Colorado Gazette. He does a great job covering all things Colorado college sports, CU, CSU, DU, uh, sometimes fills in on the nuggets. He's a man with many hats, but I wanted to get him on the pod to get his thoughts on CSU, their response, this loaded Mountain West and more. So I guess that's, you know, probably a, a pretty good place to start. I know I'm kind of skipping the pleasantries and all that, but the Rams have won four straight. They've led for 148 of a, you know, possible 160 minutes. What are your thoughts on the this recent response coming out of that just horrific loss in, in Laramie? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Justin. I, I I always listen to the pod. I always like the guests you have on, so hopefully I can live up to the billing there. Um, you know, yeah, I've been really impressed with how they've responded. Obviously, that that loss in Wyoming, I wasn't there, um, but you know, just kind of watching it from afar, it was it was pretty uh, it was pretty rough. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. And then to respond the way they have, obviously, they had the game against San Diego State just a couple of days later um, that we kind of all wrote about with how they played the kickball game in between and kind of just kind of reset things mentally. Um, I think that was really good for this team. They, they've kind of, they finally got that first conference road win against Fresno state, you know, a bad Fresno state team granted, but I mean, a conference road win is a conference road win at any point. And uh, obviously last week they, they have two pretty big wins over Boise and San Jose state. Like you mentioned, they've been in control um, through much of these, these four games. And now they have got the big week coming up, you know, at San Diego state tonight, um, and then home against Utah State on Saturday. Like this could be the week that potentially defines who wins the regular season uh, championship. And obviously, that's something CSU has never done. So um, it's going to be a big week. But I, I've been really impressed with kind of. They've kind of done it in different ways. Like they finally have ratcheted up the defense that we've kind of been waiting to see. I feel like because the team has a lot of potential to be a great defensive team, but the analytics. Um, hasn't loved what they've been defensively for much of the season. But, you know, when you have Nick Clifford, um, you know, Josiah Strong, Jalen Lake, that's, those are three elite perimeter defenders. Um, and obviously they're not as great interior defensively, but, I mean, it should still be enough to to really shut down some teams on the perimeter. And they're starting to do that now, which I think is the, the most impressive thing. And even though the scoring hasn't been there, you, you kind of feel like that that will come back at, at, at some point. It's like it, with Isaiah Stevens and the way Nick Clifford's been playing this year, and even um, with Pat Cartier in the, in the interior, like you feel like they will be able to score with anybody. It's about the, it's about the defense that's going to determine whether or not how far they can go this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this team just... They're going to be able to create in the half court because they have Isaiah Stevens. They're so dangerous in transition. If they can just get those stops consistently and and rebound, which has been kind of an up and down thing for them, they're, it really elevates their ceiling. Uh, who's kind of stood out to you the most in, in these last couple of games? I mean, I know different guys have stood out in, in different wins, but of late, I mean, Rashawn Bemba really feels like he's kind of been an X factor off the bench for me. 
Yeah, I, 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 w- I was going to say Bemba just because, I mean, if with Pat Cartier getting into some foul trouble recently, and even when there's games that he's kind of struggled, like the San Diego State game, he did not really – they could not really get him going uh, on the interior. Um, you know, and there were games last year where the, he was kind of their only scoring option, but this year it hasn't felt like it's been the same. Now they haven't needed him as much as they, as they did last year. But, I yeah, Bemba coming off and there not really being much of a drop-off um, I know he's an older freshman because he's from because he's European, but um, he's still a young, uh, still a freshman playing his first year of college basketball. And um, the way he's adapted to the game has been really impressive. He's using his physicality. Uh, he's obviously a big guy. He's able to rebound. I don't think he's getting um, you know abused on switches on defense and things like that. Like he's he's a smart player. It seems like, um, and when he gets in good position, he's got really good touch around the rim. And, and they've been finding him. Uh, on, you know, with lobs over the top to get him easy looks at the rim. That was something they did a lot in the San Jose State game. Obviously, he had a ties a career high with 13. Um, and I just think you feel really good about 15 minutes of, of what he can give you um, in some big games. Like, you're not going to count on him for more than that just because of um, unless there's – unless Pat gets hurt or if there's uh, – like he did in the Creighton game or if there's, you know, or some serious foul trouble. I, I really feel like – 15 minutes a game, you can count on, on Bemba to be the the main – he's really the only young guy in the rotation right now getting significant minutes. I know Kyan Evans is getting a couple of games. But, um, yeah, I think he, that's really stood out to me over the last couple of games is the fact that, okay, this is a guy that you can count on in the Mountain West tournament and in the NCAA tournament. I like that he seems to recognize I'm a guy that's going to come in and maybe not necessarily change the pace, but change the tone of the game. He's not afraid to use his fouls in the, in those couple of minutes. And I don't know, it just, it feels like when he comes in, especially against guys like Dagan Hart and Ladie, it's just kind of a nice mix. If they start to feel, you know, find a groove against a guy like Pat, who's much improved as an interior defender, but still obviously is not going to be like a true rim protector. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely he knows that he's got five, and in this limited amount of minutes, he knows that he's it's okay to use them because and, and you have to be physical with some of these guys in the league. Like you said, Jaden Lidney and Degan Hart are, are the two best, um, probably pro scorers that CSU will play all season. And Lidney tonight is obviously going to be a, a challenge, but um, it, it definitely is nice to have that that really physical, you know, beefy presence on the interior. It helps the rebounding aspect as well. Um, and it's just something really nice to have off the bench when you weren't, maybe you weren't sure what you were going to get out of the backup big spot going to this year. Um, but now you've kind of solidified that at this point, it feels like. You highlighted the defensive improvement as the season has gone on. And I think that's spot on. And I'm right there with you, this team, their ceiling, how far they go, however you want to phrase it, it's all going to be dictated by what they do on the defensive end. Has anything stood out to you as far as their progression offensively? I, I would say the shot selection, I think, has has been really solid in this win streak. Not to say that it was ever, like, really poor before or anything like that, but it, it just feels like they're attacking the paint more. Guys are cutting more, and they're, they're maybe not settling quite as much as they were because, you know, they're a good three-point shooting team. They're not a great three-point shooting team. Yeah, I really like the aggressiveness going to the rim. That was something that I, whenever I would watch the the road games that they would drop, whether it's Utah State or Boise State, Nevada, I, I just felt like they were a little too hesitant and not trying to go to the rim. And maybe that's because you know you're on the road in the Mountain West. You're not going to get the foul calls you think you deserve. But I just like to see in those games Isaiah Stevens in attack mode. And he's kind of – he's picked and chooses, chooses spots. Recently, obviously, he didn't take a ton of shots in the San Jose State game. I think at one point he had like three – 
I think at halftime he had three points and eight assists. Um, so he was definitely trying to get other guys involved in that game. But I, I like to see his aggressiveness against these good teams. And I, I, that's something I would like to see tonight from him. Just kind of go into, you know, Zay takeover mode at, at some point because he he is their best offensive player. You know, Nick Clifford has been really good this year. He's a, re- a weapon in transition. Um, he's a weapon on the offensive glass and the defensive glass. Um, and he's been a, a much improved shooter this year. But it's still Isaiah Stevens who kind of – is is the offense at this point and I like to see more ball screens with with him and Cartier and even Bemba just to make the defense choose whether it's going to be let Isaiah hit a mid-range jumper which obviously he's very good at or or find big guys in the post for easy looks um so yeah I think that's got to be the, the that's got to be the biggest thing I've seen recently is just that aggressiveness going to the rim and like you said not settling for jump shots um and just kind of taking the open ones because I think that stuck, stuck out to me in the San Jose State game recently was they didn't really take like a ton of contested threes it was just kind of wide open ones um and that's that's definitely a big improvement because that's what this offense has to be i do think zay's got to go into that zay mode you know if they're going to have an opportunity to win this one in viejas it's just I mean, when you look at the the wins there over the years it's always been a, a guy really steps up and, and leads the team to victory gian clavel back in the day this was before your time but he dropped like 37 there it was it was a wild performance um I'm interested to see. I, I do think it's encouraging that they can win a game by almost 20 when your Mountain West Player of the Year candidate only has three points and it's just looking to facilitate. But I am right there with you, especially against the Utah States, the San Diego States of the world. You need your stars to shine, and they were great in that game at Moby. Um, what are some other keys for you in this matchup against San Diego State? Obviously, they're really physical um, you, you can't get into foul trouble like you did in some of those games on the road. I think that's going to be interesting to see. I am also glad, though, that you brought up uh, or how you said the uh, the calls you think you deserve on the road, because I, I think Ram fans need to brace for that. The The whistle tonight is probably not going to be in CSU's favor. Yeah, pro- yeah, you can't expect a good whistle tonight. Um, but I mean, if you're looking for keys tonight, I think. Um, I think with how well they did against Ladie in the in the first game, I think he was one of five. He had two points in the first half. He ended up with like eleven or twelve. He's going to get his. Um, I think you should expect a, a much bigger performance from him tonight, and you might have to live with that. And I think you got to shut down their guys on the perimeter because they were making some tough shots in that game at Moby. Um, Reese Waters was was the the chief among them. Was making some tough threes. Uh, you got to shut down those guys in the perimeter and kind of obviously let Ladie kind of get his because he is leading the conference and scoring for a reason. Um, but if, like I said earlier, like if you can use Nick Clifford, Jalen Lake, Josiah Strong to kind of shut down those guys on the perimeter, make any jump shots tough um, and, and, and force them into a cold shooting night, I think that's the way to stay in the game. And obviously, if you're forcing missed jumpers, you can get out and transition and run. Um, and I think that should be the goal always with this team with how athletic they are. Um, so I think, yeah, it's definitely got to be focusing tonight on, on taking away the perimeter guys, which sounds counterintuitive given how good their post scoring guy is. But, um, I just feel like with how the game went in, in CSU, it was, the, it was kind of the other guys that kept them in the game. Um, and if you would take those guys away, maybe you're able to, you're, you're able to pull away a little bit at some point. And obviously you're not, it's, it's a tough game tonight. Any kind of win would be, would be a huge one for the, for the Rams. But I, I really do think they match up pretty well against the San Diego State team. I completely agree with you. I mean, that was one of the things that stood out to me in that win over Moby is San Diego State. They've been inconsistent as a three-point shooting team and really just a shot-making team as a whole. 
they hit a lot of shots in that game that really hadn't been falling for them. And CSU was still able to, to win pretty comfortably. I agree. I think, you know, Liddy, he's just, he's due, he's due for a big night, but you can live with that. I mean, I think the Boise state win was a good example. Degenhart had 25, but you know, they didn't allow Max Rice or Ogbo or any of these other guys to get cooking. And with a team like the Aztecs, the experience I think scares you. I mean, you know, Tremel and, Parrish and Butler and all these guys, they played in a lot of big games. I mean, they were all a, a key part of that that run to the championship game last year. I kind of like how the Rams match up with the Aztecs. I don't know. I mean, I, I say that, well, it, it would not surprise me at all to see CSU lose this game or even lose it significantly just because it's such a, a challenging road environment. But I, I do feel pretty good going into this one. Yeah, and you should because this this Rams team is better than the the team from two years ago. Like this is the best Rams team that you know. Obviously, I'm still fairly new to Colorado and things like that. I just moved here a couple of years ago, but I mean, I've been so impressed with with how deep this team is, um, how long they are. Like it is it does feel like a much more modern um, basketball team at this point. Like I mean, you're not having six foot five David Roddy play the four this year, you know. Um, and obviously, David Roddy, I, I love David. He's a good guy. Um, and I'm glad he's on the Suns. Now he gets a chance to play in the playoffs this year in the NBA. But, you know, they're just much more versatile this time around um, with the guys that can beat you with. Obviously, Isaiah is still the guy. But, you know, when you have two physical post players like Joel Scott and Pat Cardia, you have weapons on the three-point line like Nee Clifford. You got Josiah Strong and Jalen Lake, all good three-point shooters. Joe Palmer as well is, is a good three-point shooter. Like, I think there's they have ways to beat you in multiple – they can beat you in multiple ways – um, which I didn't think they were able to do a couple of years ago. It was kind of like Hope David and Isaiah both played pretty well, or at least one of them had a really good game. Um, and now this year, it feels like even if Isaiah doesn't have a great shooting night, you can still get production from enough guys to, to win. Um, and that's what I think makes this team so dangerous going in, going into March. It's just, and obviously they're an older team too. Like I said earlier, Bemba is the only like underclassman playing any minutes. Like the starting five is two six-year guys, two fifth-year guys, and a four, and a regular senior. So um, that experience will, will all help, I feel like, when it comes to March. But, um, you know, tonight is a big opportunity for a kind of a statement win. I think the Rams are pretty safely in the NCAA tournament. They'd have to kind of lose out at this point to not to not play, which is with how, not to be in the tournament with how their non-conference schedule was. But, um, you know, th- this is a big chance to kind of make a statement that they are the team to beat in the Mountain West. And obviously – They've got Utah State on Saturday as well. Like this week could and potentially will define who wins the regular season tournament or championship at least. I know you're a busy guy. You got to cover the Pac-12. You got to cover the Mountain West. So on some nights, you're not maybe quite as locked into the other random Mountain West matchups as I am just because I have the the benefit of not having to cover a complete, you know, another team in another league. But I know you are really locked in on the Mountain West. So who you know, who has kind of stood out the most to you as, as far as these other contenders? And who do you feel like is the biggest threat outside of CSU as of now? Because, I mean, they're all sitting there within a game of each other. Yeah, I know there's, what, six teams that are, are – I think there's eight teams at this point or seven teams that have four losses. Like it's – or eight, three or four losses. Like it is a really crowded um, at the top. But I, I don't know, UNLV lately, I mean, obviously they had the big week last week. Like that is – a team that's really impressive and kind of like the under the radar. Like I felt the mountain West going into the year or at least going into conference play could be a six bid league. And right now I think ESPN has them projected as that with like two teams, like right on the bubble with Boise and Nevada. But um, 
I mean, UNLV with those two wins last week, they could enter that conversation if they keep if they keep winning. I know their non-conference wasn't that great. Like, they're only 13-9 overall. But um, I, I've still been really impressed with them. And obviously, you know, anytime you can win at the, in the pit, that's, that's impressive. Um, but I still think, you know, Utah State is probably the biggest contender outside of CSU and San Diego State. Like, I think those are the pretty clearly – at this point, the three best teams. Mexico is just kind of hit or miss kind of any given night with um, their guard play. But um, I still think those are the three that I would have as the most dangerous when it comes to March, CSU, Utah State, and San Diego State. Um, and, and, I mean, great. Osibor has just been so impressive this season for the Aggies. Like, just the jump he's made up for them. And, and Danny Sprinkle has done a great job in his first year there. So, um uh, yeah, I, I think they're the team I most enjoy watching, you know, out of the Mountain West teams. Obviously, New Mexico is fun, but um, I just like the the way Utah State plays overall. Yeah, I just think they play with purpose on both ends. For a team that has that many new pieces, it, the structure that they've been able to establish on on both sides has just been so impressive. It's it's hilarious. Like, CSU could realistically win the Mountain West for the first time ever, and Medved still probably won't win Coach of the Year because yeah. what Sprinkle did is so insane. It's it's got to be like he's got to be like minus five hundred if you're setting odds. Like Sprinkle is is got to be the clear favorite at this point. Yeah, they didn't have a single point from last year back. I yeah, mean, you you you've got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, they they added some huge pieces, much like CSU. What you know, kind of dropped down a level. You know, found some guys from the D two level that were able to to make the leap. But it, it's been cool to see some stories like that with you know Joel Scott and Patrick Cartier and you know Joe Palmer obviously being a D three guy. Um, We'll get right back to that conversation with Tyler, but guys, it shouldn't be a frustrating experience to try and buy tickets. You know, you go on there, you're excited, you you finally feel like you got a good deal, and then boom, they hit you with a million fees, and all of a sudden, your $20 tickets turn into $37 tickets. Not with game time. Nah. Buy all your tickets easily, conveniently, even at the last minute. With game time, they make the experience so much smoother so you can have complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can get deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. With their zone deals, you can pick the section. Game time will pick the seats. You're going to save an average of 18%. And with the game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section, same row for less, they're going to credit you 110% of the difference. And that's already with the best deal there is. They don't hit you with a bunch of fees. The price you see is the price you get. Download the app, create an account, use the code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account. Use that code DNVR for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Finally, I want to shout out my homies over at Breckenridge Brewery. They've been with us since the very beginning. There's no better way to have a good time than having an ice cold Breck brew in hand. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. It'll tell you the closest grocery store, liquor store, whatever that offers the awesome Breck variety. I'm a big Avalanche Amber Ale guy, but you can't go wrong with Fun Slinger. Good company, hard, uh, good company hard seltzer, excuse me. Everything they've got is awesome. They've got a little bit of taste for everyone. Again, check out that Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. I don't want to. I don't want to take too much of your time up here. I know you're a busy guy, but if I had to hold a knife to your back, who wins the Mountain West? And this is as of you know, Tuesday morning, February thirteenth. A lot changes once we know the outcomes of these games. But 
you know, who do you feel like is the strongest team going forward? I'm I'm going to go Utah State. I think will win the regular season just because I feel like that game advantage is so crucial right now at this point. Yeah. Like, um, and obviously they're such a good home team. Like they they it doesn't feel like they're ever going to lose at home at home. So I mean, um, and they could very well come into Moby and lose by 15 on Saturday, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I still think um, just given how tough it has been to win on the road in college basketball this season. I mean, maybe it actually helps the Rams that they're not ranked right now because it feels like every ranked team is losing to an unranked team on the road. They just missed out on getting back in the poll this week. Um, you know, it, I saw a stat the other day that like ranked teams are winning, like the winning percentage against unranked teams on the road is like 35 or something like that. It's like 15 point percentage points lower than I average. Um, but That's a uh, phenomenal I, Zag. It's actually better to not be ranked yeah. <laughs> because that, that might help the Rams win. I love it. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this morning. I was like, oh, maybe it's, it's a good thing. It, it won't be much of a, a surprise if they lose on the road. It won't be considered an upset or whatever if they lose on the road um, or win on the road, whatever. Um, I, I still think that both of these games a week ago, if you were to win them, would be framed as, oh, you got back-to-back yeah. top 25 wins. These are top 25 caliber programs. Yeah. I mean, I think the the people that really follow the sport would get like, if you beat San Diego State on the road and then beat Utah State at home, you would get the props on a national level. But it it is a little annoying in that regard, just knowing that, like you know, I don't know, teams like Oklahoma and FAU and some of these teams that have managed to stay in the top twenty five. And I know I'm biased. I'm a Mountain West guy through and through. I mean, I'm I'm turning into a Mountain West guy this year. I love the league. I I think it should be a six bid. Uh, conference this year. It's it's been. I mean, like I, like you said, I watch the Pac-12 pretty regularly too because I cover um, CU and, and I far much enjoy watching the the Mountain West and the Pac-12, uh, especially this season. Um, you know, and I and I do think I, I do think that the league is gain, gaining that reputation nationally this season. Obviously, like Ross team talks about them a ton. Like a lot of the national guys who are really plugged in have been talking about this, and that's kind of what you need for the league. Just getting as many. Um, high profile college basketball people to talk about the mountain West in a real way. That's not like mid-major because they are clearly the best mid-major, even if you want to call them that, like they, it is a great basketball league. Um, and I'm, ex- I've been excited to to see all the games I have in person this season. And I'm looking forward to more coming up. Yeah. I think I really do feel like the league has grown. I mean, how much did you, know about the mountain west before coming to colorado being a, a pa guy i mean i'm sure you have some recognition of it just because you're such a college you know sports fan but i i got to imagine the profile has been raised at least to an extent with like some of your friends out there yeah not a ton just because i grew I, obviously i went to penn state so i grew up in the big 10 which obviously is a is a is a very fun basketball conference as well but i mean i feel like my knowledge of mountain west basketball was mostly like you know UNLV obviously with the running rebels um but then like the Steve Alford New Mexico teams like th- those teams are always really good and then you'd get like a obviously San Diego State had, had has built up its rotation too over you know under Fisher um you know and obviously there, there would be some times where you know a CSU would make the tournament that I would uh that would stick out to me or a Boise team like that even a Utah State but like it was more of a my perception of the league coming here was it, it's kind of your typical mid-major. Like you have your traditional teams that usually are at the top of the conference, like a UNLV, like a New Mexico, um, like a San Diego state, but it was like, and then you maybe get like another team that has a good year and maybe get like a three or a four bid league. But 
Um, right now, the, the league is so deep, and it's really cool to see how far it's come. And I think um, this is something I wrote about like a couple weeks ago. It's because these coaches are sticking around. Um, obviously, we talked about Sprinkle is in his first year, but I mean, the rest of the coaches have really stuck around. I mean, Dutcher has been at San Diego State for a long, long time. Obviously, it's only the sixth or seventh year as a head coach. Um, Nico's been here for a couple of years at this point when he could have left multiple times. Uh, you know, and obviously Leon Rice at Boise State has, has done a really good job there. Steve Alford's back in the conference at Nevada, like after after kind of the UCLA thing didn't work out. Um, and I was like, I think Richard Pitino really likes it in Albuquerque after, you know, Minnesota, he got fired there. He was actually at Minnesota when I was at Penn State. So I had seen his teams previously, but um, and Jeff Linder at Wyoming. I mean, there's so many really good coaches, I feel like, that are all still pretty young. Um, they have a good mix of veteran and young coaches that are all really talented. And I think, you know, the way they've stuck around, built up talent, have these veteran teams, it's just a really, really great league. And I hope it continues because, I mean, these the atmospheres that these uh, games are, are really great too, whether it's obviously CSU at Moby is, is awesome. Wyoming, when it's really good, when they're really good, you can have a good environment. New Mexico, San Diego State, Utah State, um, Nevada, all these places have really good environments um, and are willing to accept good basketball. Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing for me as, as just a basketball junkie is like just getting to see all these really fun teams in really fun environments. That was really well put. Before we get out of here, I just want to pick your brain a little bit on CU. Um, not like from a CSU-CU thing. I, I've yeah. tried to make it very clear over the last couple months that I love watching KJ Simpson. I don't yes. want this to be a Jokic Embiid situation where it's like we have to put him down to talk our guy up. They're different style players. They play the game very differently. But I mean, we're just we're lucky to get to watch such high level basketball in this state, both from a collegiate and professional level. This Buffs team confuses the hell out of me, though. I mean, you've got three potential draft picks on the roster, two of them, maybe even like top 20 picks. And just the inconsistency in a year where the Pac-12, frankly, is not very good. I don't know. It just it feels like this team has underperformed. Yeah, I think they definitely have on the whole. I mean, obviously the injuries have they've had kind of like the injury That's a good point. That's hell, basically. Yeah. Um, it's not and like it's not like they've had anybody go down for like even a significant amount of time. Cody Williams missed like five weeks, but most of that was in non-conference. Um, they just had like these little nagging injuries where they've never really felt like they've had. Um, their top seven all, all together. And even against Arizona, like Luke O'Brien um, didn't play in the second half because his ankle still wasn't that great. And like, I still feel like when they're fully healthy and they have their top seven, they can compete with most teams in the country. Now, Arizona, Arizona the other day may have proved me wrong in that regard because of how well they played um, in, in Boulder. And I was kind of stunned by that result a little bit, just kind of watching it being there in person. I was too, though. But, I just, I don't, yeah. you see how they played in that second half in Moby, though. And to me, yeah. I was like, oh, man, like that team could really turn a corner if they get healthy here. And they, they've had nice moments and they've been good at home. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm being too harsh because road wins just obviously have not come easy for anybody in any league in college basketball this season. But I, I don't know if you can't if you can't reach I feel the like you're right. like, with that is, many picks. Like, yeah, I was uh, just going to say, like, it feels like it feels like it would be a disappointment if this team didn't play in the tournament. And obviously they still have a chance to do that. Like they could go win at UCLA and USC this week, two teams, they are clearly better than UCLA is on a five game win streak. They've been playing really well lately, um, but they could do that. Then beat Utah at home, another bubble team. Like 
it's it's tough, much tougher at this point. Like they would be pretty clearly in if they would have beaten Arizona the other day. And obviously that, that really hurts their, their tournament hopes and expectations, but um, they still have a chance to do it. And obviously it's going to take winning some road games. Like I said, this week in LA, um, and then you got to beat Utah at home. And I think they go to Oregon after that. And those are two pretty tough, uh, tough games. So, it, but I agree with you. Like it is, it would be disappointing for this team to be in the NIT for like the third straight year. Like KJ Simpson, like you said, is awesome. He's, I don't know what his NBA prospects are going to look like just because he is a shorter guard, but I mean, he, he's really, really athletic. He's guarding his ass off this season. Like, um, and his shooting has been much improved. He didn't shoot, have a good shooting game against Arizona the other day, but on the whole, he's been shooting much, much better. And he's kind of got that leader. He's taken over kind of that leadership role that Evan Batty left behind a couple of years ago. Um, like Tad loves KJ at this point. And, um, you know, even with Cody Williams, like he's still got the, he got like the Batman mask on now. So I'm sure that's affecting him a little bit like him and Javon Hadley both have been wearing that. So even while they are technically healthy with the seven guys they have, um, there's they're still a little bit banged up and, and even still like I still feel like they're one guy short of being a really great team like they tried to get Dalton Eck this offseason and he got a lot of money from Tennessee and obviously that's worked out for him because he's a national player of the year candidate you know in Knoxville um, they tried to get Chance McMillan from uh, Grand Canyon he went Texas Tech like those are the two guys they tried to get to replace Neek and they whiffed and then they had to get they brought in Vanga Dak who was a a reclassified freshman uh, big man from Nebraska. So um, it just feels like they're one guy short and, and that's a bummer because they had the starting five. I love how they play together um, with, with Simpson, Hadley, Williams, De Silva, and Eddie Lampkin. Like I, I really like how that group plays together. And then that group was the one that carried them in that second half. And Obi, like you mentioned, like it was Simpson and Williams mostly, but it was that, there's that main starting group that was playing so well together um, that kept that game really close and exciting. So uh it is a little will be a little bit disappointing if they do miss out on the tournament, but I mean, it's just been really tough. And I think the Big Twelve move next year actually will be good for them, just from a reputation standpoint, because the Pac-12 this year is getting three teams maybe in. Like you could end up being two if they kind of cannibalize each other. I guess from a you get more credit for being mediocre or average in the Big Twelve, but yeah. I don't know. I just to me the argument would be. I know they've had some nice moments, but if you weren't overtly competitive in the Pac-12, how do you expect to be a, a contender in what's going to be the deepest league in America? I don't know. I, I actually think it's a better job in the current Pac-12 than it would be. I think they just their the style of play fits a little bit better in the the Big 12 just because they are such a defense first team. Now the defense is not was not great the other night; has not been great, you know, at times this season, but. That is kind of what Tad likes to build this program's office defensive rebounding. And that is much more of the Big 12 style of play than the, the Pac 12 style of play for sure. Um, it'll be interesting though. Like they have a good recruiting class coming in next year. So I'll be eager to see um what 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 they look like in the Big 12 next year. It's it's obviously going to be a, a ridiculously deep conference yet again. With I mean, when you have Kansas, Baylor, Arizona, and Houston in the same conference, like that's going to be pretty insane next year and you have some under the radar programs in the big 12 like iowa state's really good i think tcu is good texas tech like these are teams that have consistently been been winning so uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they stack up next year it'll be interesting for sure i appreciate you man it was great to talk hoops with you uh if you're listening make sure you go follow our guy tyler on twitter slash x whatever you want to call it at king underscore tyler b he really does a great job covering all the teams in colorado because that's an awesome paper, man. It's It's been cool to see 
yeah, the investment that they've made. I mean, obviously, I grew up in the state, so you know, reading newspapers every day, and I don't know. It's cool to see a, a thriving sports section at a traditional paper. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, we've we obviously just brought Mark Kisla on board, so we're really excited about that. Um, it's it's going to be it's it's a pretty good time for us. Like we've I've been traveling covering the Buff, Dion and the Buffs football wise, um, and I'll be doing that again this this fall. Um, you know, while covering CSU when I can. So um, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We've, we've kind of invested a lot and I think we've gotten a lot out of it, like you said. So um, I appreciate that. We, we, we've done a lot of good work. I think all of our beat writers are really talented. So everybody can follow along with us. I think, you know, I think it's worth your while. This was awesome, man. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Anytime, man. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self-deception. I'll tell myself a lie 100 times, don't need corrections. But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson. And the peaches out from Palisade. And they sweet as mama's marmalade. And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs. Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping two left feet. Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave. But I'm still thankful for these days.